everyone, and welcome to Minute 101 of Season 3 of Movie Around Minute, the daily podcast where we yippee-ki-yay our way through the 1988 Bruce Willis action flick Die Hard, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me today is Dana Nachman, award-winning documentary director. Welcome back to the show, Dana. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's always fun having me. you on. You, you give great perspective on things, even if we're just talking about words on the screen. You know, you're, you're good at that. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess, I guess, you know, being, being a director and a producer helps you with that type of stuff. Yes. And I actually hate uh, words on screen because I'm a very bad speller. So it's always a, like, it scares me when I have to like triple check a thousand times to make sure I'm not making any big spelling errors in my films. Yeah. But I'm assuming it's someone else who's usually putting the words on the screen. <laughs> yeah. You just, you're, you're the one who has to check not. there. You have to check them. Right. I'm, I'm not, usually they originate with me and then they, I'm the last word. So I yeah. don't like either of those positions. But but I have enough people now who are good at spelling on my team, so I'm there you covered. Go. <laughs> yes, that that that's why it's also good to have a spell check. <laughs> yes. Someone someone actually sent sent me something really funny the other day. Um, that that was dealing with spell check. Oh, I'm trying to remember. Maybe 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 by the end of today's episode, I'll 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 be able to find it and I'll I'll read it. It's just it was really funny because <laughs> it's it's all about spell check and it was it was just it was quite funny. But who knows? You know, that, that's the problem when you get so many messages on your phone and stuff like that. You, you don't remember who sent you what joke. No, not at all. <laughs> you, know, you need to try and remember, you know, who sent what? Yeah. Where did that come from? Yeah. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. Sli- slight problems. <laughs> what can you do? All right. So episode 101 begins with Al being confused by John's query and ends with Al explaining the effects of the trauma that he has gone through. Basically, as we ended things over on Friday, John is in the process of uh, uh, taking shards of glass out of his feet. And as he's doing this, he's trying to, I guess, somewhat distract himself by talking to Al. And he asks him, you know, uh, you know, how come you're not on the street anymore? You know, what got you off the street? And... Al was, and then he says to him, he says, what is it, because you got flat feet? So on Friday, we discussed a little bit about what flat feet is. But basically, it continues with this minute where Al just says, what the hell are you talking about, man? Meaning Al wasn't expecting it. <laughs> if anything, you know, he, he was expecting something a little bit more, um, uh, I guess, profound from John because he doesn't know what John's going through. You know, this is just one of those things that, that uh, you know, John hasn't told anybody that that he's dealing with all the, the glass in his feet. You know, he's he's talking about so many other things, but he just doesn't mention the, the you know, he talks about uh, Twinkies and he talks about the the fact that, uh, you know, that that he likes Roy Rogers and that he's a he's he's a fan of Cowboys and things like that. And, you know, they've had other conversations throughout the course of the movie, but he never really mentions the fact that the 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 physical trauma that he's dealing with right now right you know which which goes back to you know the whole idea that that this is basically a party line you know that anyone can hear what they're saying so on the one hand you know he might not be discussing things because he doesn't want hans to know that he's injured but that hasn't stopped him from talking about some very strange things over the last uh you know the last few minutes in the movie that he's been talking about things. 
you know, so some, and, and we'll get, we'll get more into it, into it this week. Also, the, some of the things they talk about, like this whole conversation, you know, everyone seems to forget that anybody can be listening to this. You know, it could be Theo, it could be Hans, it could be Argyle or Thornburg or anyone else for that matter could be listening to it on their conversation. And as soon as Al says this, what the hell are you talking about? So like, I don't know if you notice this, the, the music changes and it becomes more somber. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm assuming, I'm assuming you've done that on, in, in some of your movies also where you'll, you'll change the music or change the tone of the music to, to help play up certain scenes. Oh yeah, for sure. And stuff like that. Yep. You know, and, and, and they do that here too. Yeah. They did it really brilliantly <laughs> and, a few minutes from now too, when the, power gets cut but I don't you know I don't want to jump forward <laughs> that was the biggest music right. um <laughs> moment I think so far in the in the movie but yeah yeah I mean they have they've this movie has great music uh music stuff I mean if anyone wants to listen to Dana and my conversation about how music is chosen in movies and stuff like that go back to you know the the episodes that we did last season where we, we we talked about music supervisor and all that stuff. I mean, you you gave me so much insight into how that really works. You know how you how you buy uh, music and the, the difference between them and stuff like that. So anybody who wants to hear more detailed about that, you can go back and and listen to uh, season two and find the episodes that Dana and I spoke with. You know we we were on uh, we discussed it on minutes eighty eight or eighty nine. You know towards the end of the movie. So I, I have a feeling it was 88 that we talked about it, but I could be wrong. But you can go back and listen to both of them because <laughs> they were they were both very fun episodes. Yeah, you know. You know I, I had a great time oh, just discussing good. it. Good. Yeah, no, music's really fascinating. I mean, right now um, I'm on a jury uh, for a um, uh, an organization in the U.S. called the IDA, which is um, the International Documentary Association, um, and they they – Okay. I, I know what that is, actually. Yeah. I, I've heard of it. I actually get emails. I get emails oh, from yeah. them all the time. It's like probably it's yeah. the biggest, I would think, organization of documentaries uh, maybe in the world. It's a, it's a big one. Um, and I'm on the jury for score. Well, it, it is international. It is. It is. Um, <laughs> and I'm on the jury for their awards this year for score. And it was interesting when they asked me to do score, you know, because, you know, it's, it's a little bit of a tangent, but it's actually been so much fun. I, I've had like 12 films I've had to just analyze for the score rather. And it's kind of nice to only think about it in one. So it doesn't matter if you think the story structure is good or the, um, but just, you know, you could kind of hate the movie, but love the score. And it's been really fun. Oh, wow. And and you've had some of those that I, where you've hated yeah, the movie, but love the, the score. Recent, one I watched. You don't have to tell us I'm which ones. Yeah, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't need to know which ones. That's because uh, it's so mean. Yeah. But like, it's such. It's a, that's top secret classified <laughs> information that we don't have a need to know. Or, or, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's like crazy. It's a very, very difficult film. So you know, if you're not in the mood for a difficult film, like then you know you don't really want to be watching it. But the you know, filmmaking was beautiful of it, and the score was just stunning. And so um, I, I just love that. But uh, but yeah, the score, you know. And you voted for that movie. You voted for that movie to to, to, to win for for score. I have like ten more minutes, uh, and so we're at the first round now. So we do one round and we rate everything one to ten. Then we go back and we deliberate. Uh, so when I, you know, next time next season, I'll tell you what we how it went down. But um, but I think I'm gonna have 
say that I think it should move forward. I don't, I don't know if it'll end up winning, but it'll move forward, I think. Well, not if it's it's such a difficult movie to get through that you're watching it in, in bits oh, and pieces. Oh, I am. Yeah, yeah. I am. But it's kind of nice. It's kind of liberating to be like, I don't have to really even, I just have to listen to it, you know? <laughs> and so, but it's uh, it's a really nice score. And it's what the other people on the jury with me, I think we're on a little tangent, sorry, but the other, like most of them are um, are musicians. That's what we're here for, Dana. We're <laughs> here to go on tangents. Yeah, most of the people are musicians. Um, and then there's several of us who are filmmakers. And so it's interesting. I think we're all coming from it from a different perspective. Like, you know, the musicians were saying, oh, we're going to vote it on three criteria, which are, you know, like the production value, the com composition and how it serves the story. And for me, I just really care about how it serves the story. Um, that's the only thing I, so that's circling all the way back to what you just started with, which was they're trying to serve the story by changing the tone of the of the music here so yeah yes yes and and they do it well because they're it's subtle. They're, they're getting us to the point where we're where we're saying to ourselves okay you know what maybe maybe they're going to be having some somber moments here what are, you know what what are they going to be talking about yeah and i think it's important. you know for, obviously for 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 those of uh, for those people unlike us who who you know who haven't seen the movie before you know yeah i mean i think it's, or don't know what to expect it's important yeah. too to like figure out like as a filmmaker whether you want that to be subtle whether you want people I think here it's pretty subtle I mean if I you know if I'm remembering it correctly like it doesn't like hit, hit yeah. you over the head like okay I got a no. note to self it's gonna you know the tone here is changing um so it's subtle so it's good but sometimes you know oftentimes in other movies especially action movies or like or or like if you ever like if somebody in your house is ever watching a movie and you're kind of in the other room you could tell when there's something scary going to come up or or tension build coming up because you could hear the music change, right? So it depends if you want it to be right. clobbered over your head like that, or if you want it to just be more notice it, but you're feeling a little more tense. Yeah, I, th I think yeah. they do it suddenly here. I I, I, think I do so. think so. Yeah. yeah, me too. Right. So then the two of them start getting into a conversation about this whole thing, because you know. So I'll, I'll go back. So Al says, "What the hell are you talking about, man?" And he goes, "Something had to get you off the street." Is what's the matter? You don't think jockeying papers across a desk is a noble effort for a cop? And surprisingly, I, I don't think I've ever noticed this, but John basically says to him, no. <laughs> Meaning, I don't think that that's a, a noble effort for a cop. Yeah. Which is, <laughs> which is, is, is a pretty big jab to him yeah. on this one. Yeah. And, <laughs> and as John's talking, he like pulls out a, you know, he's playing with his feet. And we see he pulls out a large shard of, of glass from his foot and like just uh, is looking at it. <laughs> and I mean, I got to say that, that this whole conversation, John is doing a good job of distracting himself from the pain. You know, that that's pretty much his his goal here. Yeah. And I also think it's interesting that like um, he, they're about to go into something pretty deep. Right. But like, there's still this like level of superficiality to, to this, to this line still, um, you know, when he's saying, you don't think it's, you know, you don't think it's noble to be a paper pusher. Like he's still going along that superficial, like jabbing fun talk. And then soon it's going to take a, take a turn. But I, I think also part of it is, is that, that, uh, you know, he's, he's having this conversation in order to uh, not have to think about what, what it is that he's doing right now. Right. And what what's great about it is that um, he he does it really well. So I decided to 
to actually look up like things that people do in order to distract themselves from pain and stuff like that. And I found a whole article about this, which which I found was was really fascinating. It gives like 20 different examples of things that you can do in order to distract yourself from from pain. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just going to quickly go through them because we're not going to go into detail about any of them uh, unless there's something that 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 stands out by you that you think is really interesting. So you have counting, uh, breathing deeply, uh, blowing bubbles. That's a, that's a strange one. You know, like, uh, you know, you have the, the little container, you know, with the, with, with the, with the, with the, with the wand in the circle and you pull it out and you blow bubbles. Okay. Um, there's a thing called the alphabet challenge. Okay. Um, you can listen to music and the alphabet challenge. Okay. The alphabet challenge what basically you're supposed to do is you pick a letter of the alphabet and then a topic and you write a list of everything that you can name starting with that letter you know for instance if you were to say the letter l and the topic was food so then you would say okay all the different foods that i can think of that start with l oh that so sounds like say, what like, we do in make our list. Um, car rides with my kids <laughs> okay so you're distracting them from from the, the pain of of having to drive exactly. across uh yeah, yeah. okay <laughs> that makes sense um, listening to music, uh, possibly listening to like an audiobook, reading. Uh, sometimes people will just tap their fingers. Some people will draw. Some people will, will make uh, crafts or models or things like that. Uh, you can possibly just uh, you know walk around and talk. You can do like art, arts and crafts things uh, by by constructing you know different things. Uh, you can watch TV. <laughs> you can have like a stress ball. You can write things. You can do puzzles. You can uh, do what's known as imagination walks. Do you know what that is? No. Okay, so it's it's like you would picture yourself in a certain situation oh. and try to remember what what happened using all of your senses. Oh, you know, for example, if you were at the beach. You might hear the sound of the waves, smell the salty air, feel the warmth of the sand beneath your feet, see the swimmers, uh, you know, out in the water, uh, taste the, the the food you brought for a picnic, lunch, and things like that. Um, you can uh, uh, massage yourself, possibly massaging your hands or your feet in order to try and help you relax. Um, you could play a game called uh, What's in My World, where you, which is basically you notice five things that you can see, hear, feel, smell, or taste around you and the the most common one that people use is they play with their phone apps <laughs> i i th- i think the the younger generation has gotten that one uh, down pat you know there, there's an easy way to just ignore everything including pain exactly just uh, take take your phone and uh, what huh you're talking to me yeah what <laughs> what'd you say what about like banging your like i always heard if like you can only have pain in one location so what if you like pinch your hand or like slam a rock on your foot <laughs> it's not listed on this website really? but uh, uh it, it is possible yeah yeah, yeah. I, I i i have heard that too yeah <laughs> so I, I would agree that that is uh is definitely a possibility that one one can try and do that you know but but again john john what john is doing here he's just having a talk you know he's he's changing the conversation right and that, that's uh, pretty much what, run in the middle of this track, what they're doing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And especially when you look at the, the size of those pieces of glass that he's pulling out of his feet, he definitely must be in a lot of pain. Yeah. Ouch. 
Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. I mean, that thankfully it's not uh, overly graphic, so right. it's fine. Yeah. There's that like you know, nice it, blood it could be better. splash on the wall. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was I was wondering about that. Like, yeah. I, I was going to bring that up. Like, where is that blood splotch from? You know, it, it can't be from his foot because I don't think he put his foot up there. You know? Yeah. So like, where where is that blood from? It was was it already there in the bathroom beforehand? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Funny. Right. So, like I said, he's he's doing a good job of distracting himself here. But I, I I also have a problem with this conversation, where John basically says that he doesn't think that, you know, pushing papers, jacking papers across the desk is a noble effort for a cop because, you know, as as you know, and as most of us know, you know, there, you know, people who are part of support staff are extremely important. Sometimes even more important. Uh, in the, in whatever field of work that you're doing. I mean, if you talk about, uh, you know, in the medical field or in the police field or even in movies, yeah. you know, when, you, when you're making a movie, you know, the, the idea of having, you know, support staff, people that can do certain things that are good at doing those particular tasks, you know, that works well. You yeah. don't need to do everything yourself. So, yeah. you know, I, I, I think uh, I, this is probably one of the first times I can say that I don't agree with something John says. You know, most of the time he's he's very agree. It's it's easy to agree with what he's saying and what he's doing. But this is uh, I don't know. Even even just this no, to me is going slightly too far. Yeah, I mean, but he's an ego, manly man, cop. Like I can imagine, there's a lot of bravado and there's a differentiation between people out doing the real work. You know, I I can imagine that. Yeah, in, for sure. In his but, character, but yeah. but. But part of the idea is that he should know that he can't do everything himself. Yeah. You know, he's just that I think he's it, it's not helpful to him. Yeah. I mean, okay. you think that yeah. it would be helpful to him if he has to write up a report that, uh, you know, there's someone who can help him with that, that he doesn't right. have to do it all himself. Yeah. You know, or an arrest report or all that stuff, but whatever. Yeah. You know, and, and then as, you know, we see that he's like looking at this little shard of glass in his hand and then he like flicks it and we can actually hear the clink. Of it hitting the floor, huh? Yeah. Which which is great, you know. It 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 shows that they did really good ADR here, in order yeah, for us to, effect, to, yeah. to be able to hear that that sound. You know, it's the the whole idea of of you know that you can hear a pin drop type of thing. Right. You know, so in this situation, you can hear the glass shard drop. Right. So. That's cool. Yeah, I I, I thought that was really well really well done, and and then. Or uh, Al answers him and says, uh, I had an accident. So John, always making jokes of whatever situation he's in, says, the way you drive, I can see why. Yeah. <laughs> what did you do, run over your captain's foot with a car? <laughs> yeah. And, like, he gives that little chuckle there. And then Al, uh, you know, gets more serious here, and he goes, I shot a kid. He was 13 years old. It was dark. I couldn't see him. He had a ray gun. It looked real enough. You know? When you're a rookie, they can teach you everything about being a cop, except how to live with a mistake. Anyway, I just couldn't bring myself to draw my gun on anybody again. And I think, I mean, this this minute tells us so much about Powell. Mm -hmm. You know, it shows that that the the humanity that he has. You know, that here he is. He's a cop. He was. He wants to do his job. He wants to do things right. He wants to protect people. But because of this mistake that happened to him. You know, earlier in his career, you know, he he's not able to 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 uh, 
to give up on on the guilt of doing that, and therefore he you know made a pledge to himself that uh, you know he doesn't never wants to put himself in that situation again where he needs to make that type of choice where there's even the slight possibility that his choice will be wrong. Right. So I, I, I think they 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 deal with that pretty well. I actually think it's really interesting that this big of a plot point comes so late in the movie. Um, and it's like, you know, everybody always liked him. Like, he's a very likable character. Um, and then to add this, like, very much deeper level to him so late in the in the movie is really a very solid storytelling device. Um, I was pretty impressed by that upon analysis. <laughs> yeah. I mean, especially, no, you're right. Especially considering the fact that we have, you know, less than a half hour left of this movie. Right. Like to, take uh, the time actually, to have that. well, we have, right. We have, we have slightly less than a half hour. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, we have 20, 28 minutes left, I think. Really? Taking... Oh, no. Sorry. We have, no, sorry. We have 30, 31 minutes left. So, yeah. I mean, taking, so, yeah. But, it... yeah. I think it's really great to spend the time to, develop that character just much more at that time is awesome. Right. I mean, it's, as, as we know, since we've seen the movie, they're, they're setting something up, mm -hmm. but, but still it, it, it helps develop the character even more, yep. you know, in a much broader way that we can look at it and say, wait a second, you know, I, I can actually care about this guy more so than just, you know, the fact that he's, you know, likes to buy Twinkies and, uh, you know, hums uh, Christmas songs on right. you know, wherever he is. You know that type of thing. Yeah, totally. So yeah, I, I, yeah, I think I think they do a nice job of that, and and I think you're right. You know, doing it this late in the movie is just helping to strengthen the bond between the two of them, and between the character of Al and the viewer from the same perspective. Even though it's late in the movie, we're getting this type of information about him. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Yeah. So did you have anything else you want to say about this minute before we get into the script? Uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, actually, one other thing that I want to say. So uh, and whenever they show John, you know, while he's, uh, you know, fiddling around with uh, with his feet and taking out the shards of glass and stuff like that, he does a great job of of showing that he's apparently in a lot of pain. We can see it on both a physical and emotional level with the combination here. Because, you know, he has the physical pain of taking taking out the shards of glass, but he also has the emotional pain of having to hear this story from from Al and feeling all the sympathy to Al. Yeah. Yeah. So I, th I think the combination of those two two things is done really well. Yeah. And it's a really cool shot. Like he he's in both the mirror and yeah, they're all really cool shots. I mean, if you think, think about it, like the, yeah. you know, the smoke all around the um the exterior and the police scene and then the you know he's for a lot of the minute he's in two shots in the one in the mirror one one himself um the blood i mean every spot of that um frame is filled really with him you know it's great yeah now why would why would you why would a director do that to to give us the shot of seeing him both in in the the mirror and you know on on the outside like what 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 from a director's perspective what does that add um i mean i guess i would just say it's just a bit more interesting right there's not in a bathroom there's not going to be that much uh opportunity for cool things right um but so that's one like a natural opportunity in a bathroom 
to, you know, like you have a little blood. I mean, if you just look like everywhere you look, it's, you know, there's a little blood on the left-hand side and the tile, there's blood on the light. And then you have him, it just, I mean, and then you even have something, whatever that is in the foreground on the, on the far right um, side. It's just a very interesting shot. So I think it's just to keep it all very, you know, tight and like using every last inch of the frame. Mm -hmm. Could it could it be also that they're trying to show even more vulnerability to John because we see him from every angle possible? Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. No, that I, I just I was just guessing. Yeah. You know, I, don't, I don't know enough about these things. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, I think. Yeah, it does give you another perspective for sure. I'd say yeah. Because because basically basically there are four mirrors because there's a mirror behind him mm -hmm. and then there's the mirror on the side of him. So we get to see, you know, four John McLeans. Yeah. In that in this particular shot. Yeah, yeah, it's really neat. So okay. All right, cool. All right. So the, the script it has some minor changes between uh, what's what's in the final shot, final uh, the final version of the movie and what's in the script. First of all, um, I like this. I like reading off the descriptive aspects of of the script, you know, in order to to explain, you know, the direction of what's supposed to be happening and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So McLean at the end of on Friday basically said to Al, um, you know, uh, what got you off the street? Are you uh, what what got you off the street, Al? You like the lousy coffee or what? You know, he doesn't mention the flat feet. And then it continues and says, Powell doesn't answer right away. At the same time, McLean swallows, seeing a gleam inside his foot. He gingerly probes and pulls out a shard of glass, almost three inches long from its angled gash, his mouth twisted in a silent scream all the way. So, you know, they're, they're, they're able to, to point out, you know, even in the script that, that he's dealing with, you know, what he's doing while he's, you know, waiting for this response for, from uh, Al, and then he goes. Then Al responds and says, "I realized I couldn't do what I had to do anymore. At least not out there. I had an accident." McLean throws the glass across the room, forehead bathed in sweat. McLean weakly says, "The way you drive, I can see why." Powell beat serious. I shot a kid. Realizing what he's hearing for the first time, McLean's face shifts to a new kind of pain. Powell. Eleven years ago. Oh, it was dark. He was big for his age. Damn ray gun, he had looked real. The damn ray gun he had looked real enough. Yeah, I had all the right excuses, but afterwards, I really couldn't draw my gun again. So it's a different way of of telling the story, mm -hmm. but I I think that they tell it better in the final in the final script. Yeah, and I think we we get enough emotion from uh, Al that it makes a lot of sense the way that he does it here. Mm. Right. All right, so uh, before we get into our Monday segment, I, I actually found, you know, we, we were talking at the beginning of this minute about the uh, spell check thing. So mm -hmm. I actually found the joke. <laughs> so I'm just gonna quickly read it. It's, it. it says, my teacher told me not to worry about spelling because in the future there will be autocorrect. And for that, I am eternally grapefruit. <laughs> That's cute. So, yes. <laughs> All right, so every Monday we have a segment called Die Hard on a Monday where my guest uh, will give their top five diehard doppelganger films. So Dana, what have you got for us? Okay. So, so I've realized after doing this with you a few times, I have issues with like remembering from a long time ago movies. So uh, my thoughts are usually more current. So 
Uh, okay. Current is good. Like, like five, the number, like they're all the same level or five to one or one to five. How do you like it? No, five to one, five to one. Okay. So my number one. Okay. So I would say. Start with five. All right. I would say. Con, I don't know. Con air and speed are tied for five and four. <laughs> then I would okay. say. Uh, has fallen because I just won't even go into why. Uh, and then Memphis has fallen, and then Lethal Weapon, and then Home Alone. That would be my. Well, uh, you you oh, give me six. That's six. Oh no. Okay, so let's take off. <laughs> let's take. Oh shoot. All right, let's take off. London has fallen. <laughs> London is falling. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That okay. That that is fair. Crazy. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's my list. All right. Excellent. Yep. Thank you very much for that. So, Dana, you want to tell people how they can get in touch with you? Sure. My website is danaknockman.com. D-A-N-A-N-A-C-H-M-A-N.com. Um, I'm on Instagram, Dana Knockman, I think. Uh, yeah, it's the best. All right. And while you're doing that, you can go rate, review, and subscribe on any podcatcher you might be using to listen to the show. And finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Movie Rob Minute. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter. Or you can go directly to my website, MovieRobMinute.com. So, Dana, you want to come back again tomorrow? Talk a little bit more about uh, Die Hard, John, Al. Uh, sure. You know, emotion, emotional uh, trauma. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, great. So until tomorrow, yippee-ki-yay. Yippee-ki-yay.